Welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast for the California MBA, featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and very happy that you can join us today. Before I get to welcoming today's guest, I'd like to thank our 2023 President's Council sponsors. These are a group of companies that provide a tremendous amount of financial support for our organization, among other things, so that we can continue to be a strong voice for the uh, real estate finance industry before our state legislature and our regulators. So uh, join me in thanking our 2023 President's Council sponsors, and those companies are AmeriHome, ArchMI, Consolidated Analytics, Funding Shield, Guild Mortgage, Incelerate, Rocket Mortgage, and Western Alliance Bank. Thank you all so much for your support in 2023. And um, with that, I'd like to welcome today's guest, uh, somebody that I've known in the industry for some time now. Uh, welcome to David Doyle with Sagent. David, welcome. Thank you very much, Susan. This is fun, and um, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I always kind of like to start with a little background, so you can introduce yourself and give us a little bit uh, information about your role at Sagent. Sure. Um, I, I joined Sagent nearly four years ago uh, in the sales and business development function. Uh, at the time, Sagent was um, a relatively new startup um, uh, being carved out of uh, Pfizer. Uh, and, and so it's been a really interesting experience um, uh, you know, going to market with an established firm with over 30 customers and a fairly mature product with our servicing platform, but then having very much the company construct of a startup uh, and all the energy that comes with that. So it's really been fun. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's nice to start out. You got a little bit of background, but you're still, you know, it's still fresh and new and starting out. So right. uh, great that you had that experience to come be at the at the start of it all. So what initially got you into lending and financial services and how has that space changed over the years? There's, this is a never ending uh, changing market for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I spent um, the first several years of my career in the advertising agency business. Uh, and I, I, I managed accounts, uh, ev everything from industrial equipment and computer technologies um, to the Baskin Robbins ice cream account. Uh, and, you know, many different things in between. Uh, and at, at one point, um, I was assigned to uh, manage the advertising account for Security Pacific National Bank. And that's where I really fell in love uh, with uh, retail banking. Uh, so checking, savings, mortgages, home equity loans and lines of credit and products like that and supporting the five state franchise of what was at the time Security Pacific National Bank, which was uh, eventually acquired by the Bank of America. Um, after several years in the ad agency business, I got an opportunity to move to Countrywide Home Loans uh, and run marketing there. Uh, and, and so that was um, uh, just after Countrywide had become the largest lender in the nation. Uh, and, and so I was um, very much a part of that growth story 
And after a few years of running marketing at Countrywide, my role evolved into one of um, loan originations and production, taking over the prime uh, consumer direct division for Countrywide and running that for several years. That's uh, you've had a uh, an interesting career path. Um, I don't know that I've ever had ice cream included in anybody's like you know path to the mortgage industry. So uh, that's a first for me on this uh, on this program, David. That's well, you know, you, there, there's a way to sort of articulate in in that contrast um, the connection I have to housing, which is um, you know the significance of the work in housing finance and what it means to people. Um, there's a similarity to ice cream, right? Helping somebody enjoy an ice cream cone and having somebody buy a house, both of those things make you happy, but one lasts longer than the other. Uh, right. And you know, right, the significance uh, of, of, of what the housing finance industry does for people and for families and for communities, it's off the charts. Uh, and that's really what made me fall in love with the business um, quite some time ago and stayed with it ever since you know that yeah. there, there are a lot of things about the industry that have excuse me that have changed um, yeah. over time right technology has certainly been a huge factor uh, and 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 the advent of Dodd-Frank and the growth of laws rules and regs uh, and and the ability uh, of regulators to enforce those rules all those things have changed and grown for, for right. the most part, but you know the the thing that really hasn't changed um, much in in the business is the borrower experience. You know, I recall being exposed to consumer research and the borrower experience many years ago, uh, and it was characterized by I don't understand all the terms, the 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 the, the techno technicalities of the financial transaction are confusing the way that the truth in lending explains things is confusing to me i can't begin to understand my my hud one uh right and and those things and as well as you know a, a process that's that's that, that's got an extended cycle time to it um with borrowers sort of going step by step through the process and never really understanding what's around the next corner so right. they get surprised and regrettably right. i think regrettably for our industry despite so many efforts, right, the, from 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 a, a good faith estimate to a loan estimate, from a HUD one to a closing disclosure, things really haven't improved much with respect to the borrower experience. Uh, and, and it's still a bit of an intimidating experience for borrowers. And I think that's a bit regrettable uh, and, 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 and something that the industry needs to continue working very hard on. Yeah, yeah, good point. And speaking of, you know, home ownership and the joy of owning a home, I know that, um, you know, top of mind for everyone right now is kind of everyone's kind of forecast or outlook for 2024. So I'd love to hear kind of what you're what you're anticipating for next year, including some headwinds where some opportunities might be for for the industry. It's um, hard to, to to look at the industry right now and say there's a lot of good things ahead in 2024 rates are high inventory is really low credit's pretty tight uh and 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 you've got you know, the level of activity in the industry is somewhat depressed right you take the high rates and the low inventory and that really are the primary explanations for why the purchase the mba purchase index is running at 38 percent of its 10-year trailing average 
you know, and we've got related impacts on employment in the mortgage industry. I think mortgage industry employment is down over 20% over the last couple of years. But the other side of the coin is the remarkable resiliency of the American homeowner. Um, borrowers figure out how to adjust to the industry conditions that they see. If rates are high, they think through the adjustable rate mortgage solution, um, or they buy less house, or they select a different neighborhood. Um, the motivation that people have to acquire a home, and then also some of the practicalities associated with, hey, I just got a new job, it's in a different area, and I need to move. And I need to move whether rates are at three and a half percent or seven percent. And right. so, uh, you know, I, I, I will simply adjust to those market conditions, maybe select a different mortgage product or buy a little bit less house. Um, but but I'll make it happen. And that's reflective of the resiliency of American homeowners and the way that customers figure things out when they need to. I also right. think that that the market conditions today really point up the significance of the role and responsibility of the two basic units of distribution within the industry, right? You have a real estate agent that controls the real estate transaction and orchestrates everything about that. And you have the loan officer that orchestrates the financing. And those two primary roles in the housing finance system, I think they've never been more important than they are today. Um, right for the realtor to provide really good advice mm -hmm. on how to shop, where to shop, and the circumstances that 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 characterize an effective transaction for the buyer, and the loan officer, right, to make sure that access to credit, cost of credit, um, are in place to support that transaction. And that the loan officer really knows how to work a, pro, a loan program guide, right? Work a product line and work a rate sheet to find the solution that's really going to work for the borrower. The role and the responsibility of the realtor and the loan officer, they're always critical. They don't go away, despite so many efforts to disintermediate both. They've never really gone away. And I think they're ne they've never been more important than they are today given the market conditions that characterize the industry right now. Right, all important in any market, but especially the market that we're, you know, the year that we're going into in 2024, I think that's a good observations. You know, probably many parts across the country, David, but especially in California, um, you know, affordability is a very serious problem and barrier for, for some home buyers. So how can lenders help a home buyer navigate home affordability? Yeah, you know, the, the lender um, uh, can help in a significant way by really training their loan officers, right? For taking the product managers and the capital markets people within the organization and making sure that there is a, a highly effective knowledge transfer so that the lending officers, they understand their product line, they understand their rate sheet, and they know how to knit solutions to borrowers and they leave nothing on the table. You know, there are so many bond programs and down payment assistant programs and other ways that customers can unlock 
the right financing solution that makes them successful in a market like today. But if the loan officer doesn't know about it, or they're not well-trained, or they have an aversion to a certain solution because, gosh, those are those are hard to close. And those are, you know, there are a lot of work and a lot of documentation that's extraordinary to the uh, to, to, to the, the customary transaction. Um, if those sorts of things are left aside because of inadequate loan officer knowledge and training, that's a disadvantage to the borrower. So I think lenders, institutions have a responsibility to put loan officers into the marketplace that are super well-trained and super knowledgeable about the products and the rate solutions that they have at their fingertips. Good, yeah, digging into all the products that are available to help the borrowers. I think that that's very, very, very important. Um, so what, uh, from a technology standpoint, what trends in technology do you see standing out as we enter the new year? You know, I, I think it is um, a trend of reconciliation of, of technology. Um, companies have a propensity to solve non-technological problems with technology solutions. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, robust markets like we experienced in 2020 and 2021, right, throws off a lot of revenue, throws off um, a lot of profit, and a lot of companies tend to invest some of that back in the business in the form of technology. So there can be a propensity to overspend on technology as well. And now, um, um, uh, you, a lot of institutions are operating with lots of different technologies, lots of different point solutions that may be disparate, that may represent individual solutions to individual problems that might not even be technological in nature. And companies need to reconcile all of that and re-examine their technology stacks to understand what's really working, right. what are my people using it, what's really working, what's creating value for the organization, but then also importantly, understand what's not working, what, what suffers from low adoption, what's not creating value in the process, uh, and edit we're generally lousy editors, right? We tend to add lots of things, but we don't really take things away frequently. And so, so you, you do have some institutions with overly complex operating environments, a potpourri of point solutions that populate their ecosystem and with very disparate levels of adoption. Uh, and value creation among all those solutions. Lenders and servicers need to reconcile all those tools, strip away the things that are excess and not creating value so that their people can deliver for, for borrowers and for homeowners in a really elegant way, uh, not one that's confusing and has, has, has got people you know, moving from environment to environment uh, through a single business process. I think that's a very significant trend for 2024 and beyond. Yeah, get get lean and efficient. That would uh, be yes. a lean to be reviewing what you've got to, to reach that goal, right? Yes, and have the courage to edit and strip away the things that aren't creating value. Also the technologies that may be dated, 
right? There is also a tendency and aversion to change can breed the tendency to stay with dated technologies beyond their appropriate shelf life, right? And, right. and, and sometimes what makes the most sense for an institution is acknowledge the dated nature of technology, rip the Band-Aid off and make the change. Exactly. Uh, my next question, you, you kind of mentioned this uh, earlier when you were talking about just the, the downsizing of the, the mortgage, you know, in, in market from employee standpoint, but, you know, as a, you know, when it comes to recruitment, retention, what should lenders, servicers, fintech partners alike be, be considering as we enter 2024, um, you know, to attract the right individuals to their companies? There might be a lot of people out there you know, making a move or interested in making a move, but how do you find that right fit for for a company? Yeah, I, I think it's um, um, the, the 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 premium on discipline and diligence as it relates to people. I think is really high. The industry is dealing with a fundamentally much smaller pie, right? Originations um, are, are 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 severely constrained, and margins are compressed. And so the revenues thrown off by the originations segment of the business um, are, are, are way down. And, and, and then, you know, the servicing revenues are in fact, you know, fairly robust uh, and represent an effective revenue hedge for, for many institutions. But also it, that's not a segment of the business that experiences a lot of margin expansion and contraction. The servicing strip is fairly consistent and the revenues that it throws off. So as a result of those factors, the industry is just fundamentally dealing with a smaller pie. So the way that we um, uh, acquire people, pay for people, invest in people, um, those investments need to be smarter uh, because you, 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 you can't afford to miss you know, as much as you could afford to miss in 2020 and 2021. So uh, the rigor, around the identification of top talent, the investment in top talent, the retention in top talent is super important to the success of institutions. Um, right. Because it just, it, you know, despite all of the technology and all of the advancement that our industry has experienced, we know the truth, that good people are the primary factor in quality institutions that are driving responsible lending and sustainable home ownership for the industry. Yeah, excellent point, excellent point. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're rounding out uh, the 2023 year, and uh, I know that Sagent had a participant in our Future Leaders Program this year, which we redesigned, very proud of um, how it came off. I was just interested to hear what your thoughts were from um, your participants' participation. Well, I just finished talking about making quality investments in top talent and how important that is. And I can't think of a better example of us making a high quality investment uh, than the investment we made in putting Will Gale into the California MBA's Future Leaders Program. Um, I can tell you that he was super energized by his experience. Um, both his, 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 his opportunity to interact with leaders of the California mortgage industry, was he was just really pumped up about that. Um, his participation with the small group uh, and the competition 
to create a mortgage company from the ground up uh, and then have that, that, that team-based process culminate in the live presentations that they made to the California MBA Board of Directors last week. Um, the learning, the acceleration, uh, the energization uh, of, of will through that process, um, it, it all added up to a great investment by Sagent and one that we would um, be more than happy to make again. Wow, that, uh, that is tremendous feedback. Thank you so much. We were so proud of how the program uh, shaped up, but you don't know until you go through it. So thank you for that feedback. Uh, we're excited to kick off uh, registrations for a 24 uh, program here. So hopefully we'll have another participant from Sagent. You should, you should expect high demand. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And David, thank you for being a guest on Connect. This has been great. It's been my pleasure, Susan. Happy holidays. And thanks to all of you for joining us today on Connect. Uh, to access any of our past episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next time on Connect. <laughs>